Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. It's me, your very best friend, Business Cat. This was a fun one. Fundamentals and I talked about a lot of crazy shit. We uh, we talked about how Satoshi probably isn't retarded. You know, he might be, but he's probably not. We talked about some uh, internet hucksters and the schemes they're playing right now. We got into the Meshtadel. We talked about coffee roasting. It was a fun conversation. If you like our content and would like to support us, you can uh, stream us sats and you can point us hash power. Stream sats by listening with any podcasting 2.0 enabled app and uh, just stream us sats while you do it. You can also leave us a boostergram with a comment. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to point us some hash power, if you're a Bitcoin miner, you can slice off just a little bit of it and point it to any Lincoin stratum address. Use our show's username RockPaperBitcoin and uh, put whatever alias you want in there to let us know who, who's pointing us the hash. We also have a Telegram chat group you should join, and uh, we'd love to hear from you there. And finally, my dear listener, let's get into this. We talked about NIMS last week, mm. and you you had sort of asked me, you know, had I ever done any NIMS in the past? And I thought about stand up, and I thought about, um, you know, my sort of original building fish communities and stuff. But I really I forgot about like kind of the ultimate version of it's like the greatest personality and alter ego I ever had was. Um, you guys know I hate actuaries, and I'm like the I was I am an actuary, but I hate the whole profession. Self hating actuary, yes. Yeah, so in um, like 2001, um, and, you know, I'm not going to go into the history of the Society of Actuaries, but in 2001, it was decided, somebody decided that they needed a discussion forum where people can talk anonymously about things. <laughs> and so it was called like the Rebel Outpost. And it, basically every actuary in the world was on this thing. 95% of them were using NIMS. And I... I was definitely um, a big beneficiary of the anonymity because I was just on a, like a seven to eight year rampage on how horrible everybody is. Oh, so you were hating on actuaries back then even? Hell yeah. And right. so my NIM, I can dox it now, but I'll tell you why. Like um, the, the, the whole, the site does not exist. You can't find it. I actually wanted to find it. I wanted to see how hateful I was and, um, we got into some legal issues, and I was part of it. But um, my name was WW Situation, which kind of means like win-win situation. That's kind of like that was like the my spirit guide. You know, it's like what my it was like my idealism. You know, right? That's very idealistic to look for a win-win situation. And um, oh, was I a dick? But. Um, you know, nothing. I mean, well, in 2001, I wasn't like the hater that I became, say, in 2003. And <laughs> that's ultimately when I kind of left. I saw like the pension field for what it was and just left completely, just kind of just left the whole thing. And as I was telling everybody how awesome it is that I'm leaving, everybody was saying, eh. you know, they basically, you know, were calling me a moron. Uh, most of it was like, I'm probably too dumb. 
to be an actuary. It was like all this. This is 20 years ago, 2003. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then I just did nothing but dunk on these people for another five years. And then it kind of came to a head in 08. Here's where like the anonymity thing kind of came in because there was a guy who was the president, the sitting president of the uh, society of actuaries. Mm. And um, dude, he started going around this discussion board, threatening to sue people. Right. Um, and it turned out that in 1977, he was arrested for um, – he had like two hookers over his apartment when his wife was away at a conference. And it, apparently – by the way, I, I, we read all this. This was in a Star Ledger article that somebody pulled off of a microfiche. Newark Star Ledger article. Okay. Somebody's doing their homework. So apparently, right, what happened was these two whores tried to rob him while they were at his house and he just lost his shit and started in grip, basically tried to kill them. And in, in the article, it, police said that there were blood on the walls. Like it was like a serious attempted, attempted He's murder. living that uh, extreme actuary lifestyle. Dude, and um, he got this expunged off his record. Like he was found like guilty of attempted murder. And, you know, at, you know, there's like expungement laws. I think it may be 10 years. I don't know exactly what the rules are, but he successfully got it expunged. This was all pre-internet, right? So like in the, as we're moving into the age of the internet, right? And as we're moving in, you know, he, he actually made something of himself, right? This guy became like, he was probably the, um, by the way, you guys know this is, Fiat is the Special Olympics, so it's not that it's not that uh, impressive, really. But he became probably the premier guy in the in the world on Social Security. And this is a guy that you were having very salty conversations with. I was destroying him for years, a because he was one of the chief guys that would try to like argue with me, right, about why actuaries are not shit. I'm shit, right? That was mm. so. I had a personal one-on-one, face-to-face, like. Uh, at a conference with him. So like, he didn't even like, this wasn't even my NIM anymore. Right. This was just like, you know, and I, I realized that this, first of all, the guy's like four feet tall. Right. And so it's like, I realized that I, this was like me beginning to realize the emperor has no clothes. I'm like, this is the best. This is the top guy, like on social security. And he's a big guy in the pension world. And like, he's a fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it turns out the guy has a ma- massive integrity issue. Right. Because he had a skeleton in his closet called, attempted murder that you know i mean i mean i know people whatever do their time and i mean who hasn't tried to strangle a couple of hookers you know usually they (laughs) charge extra for that but you know um but but the bottom line was on this it came to it so this all came out basically when he became like the president of the whole society of actuaries a couple a couple of people are like first of all the guy was such a dick that a bunch of people, they hired a private investigator to just find shit on him. And then that's how they found this, right? So you're going to be a kind of dick. You better not have like, you know, you better be, you better have a clean house. And so when they found this out, they used this forum to distribute, to make people aware, right? Mm-hmm. And because I was such a lightning rod, right? And so, you know, I was very hated. Uh, you know, I think I was the most despised actuary on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely found me useful to, um, because you know they knew I would do it. They knew I would gladly just post the shit out of this. They share I, it with you, and you will broadcast it loudly. Not only broadcast <laughs> it, like I was part of like 
there were like five of us that had access to a private server that this was stored on just in case this was, you know, <laughs> trying to be scrubbed. Um, but I like had a printout of it in my hung up in my office. Like you I have wanted... a long history of salty, <laughs> salty competition with people on the earth, like internet nims. Yeah. But I mean, it probably saved, it probably protected me legally. And I think the reason no one can access this website now is because of that. You know, basically this guy was going around threatening people. Like, do you guys know it's illegal to uh, talk about an expunged case? And it's like, fuck you, dude. This Man, is why we have nims. Fuck there's... you. There's, there's like growing up there's like all the like the concept people will say like oh well th whatever happened like digital things stay on the internet forever and it's like that there's so many things that like like the internet is not as permanent as like some people would like to like scare the children into believing it is it's like no. yeah like don't don't put your dick pics on on the internet like that shit's gonna come back and bite you probably but then also like at the same time like there i, I look back at a lot of my digital like the footsteps of me across the internet since since I got onto it back in the early '90s, and a lot of that's gone by this point. Even like the uh, the Wayback Machine, the archives. It's like it, there's just it's just a bunch of broken links now. So totally. I mean, you'd have to you. Ha I mean, I mean, I think about I think about inscriptions here a little bit, right? And it's like if you you have to really go out of your way and you have to come up with an invent use an invented technology if you want. Really, any type of permanence, and even then, I don't think you can really, I don't think you can count on any permanence. I think you can, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not even sure you can use Bitcoin inscriptions to ensure some type of permanence because people are going to prune their nodes. You know, it's, you know, you may be, you, you may be able to keep something, but who would believe you? It's like this whole Satoshi email dump, dude, right? It's pretty funny. This whole, I mean, if you're following, right, there's this whole Satoshi email dump from this Craig Wright case, right, where Adam Back dumped his, basically dumped his archives, um, and then a couple of other people have done so. And, that, and then, you know, it just sort of gave rise to a bunch of people dumping fake emails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> between them and Satoshi. Between a, them a and Satoshi. I mean, the real ones, but like the, the Adam Back dump, there's a, some interesting stuff in there. It really I mean, humanizes Satoshi. In a way Agreed. Well, I, we believe. Let's just say, I probably believe the Adam Back dump. Right. Right. Um, I don't know that Adam Back would submit this to a court if it was a big fake psyop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, like, but there's no real again, right? Even that, we should be a little bit, a little non-trusting, even even with his, and then with this. You know, there are a few others now that have surfaced and. I mean, we can't just completely take it at face value. There's the uh, one thing specifically. Um, I, Satoshi used the word "retarded," like, like yeah. in, like he was calling something that's retarded, Did, which is yeah. interesting. It feels like a uh, kind of a snapshot of ev everything. Is so he called himself? Well, yeah, he called some. So that's I don't know if you caught my tweet yesterday. I said I can't believe Satoshi called shitcoiners gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? So, I mean. There was a time when, I mean, like, the shit coins didn't have the, like, the, oh, the, the baggage that we, that they have now. As I mean, like, like the first coin, the first alt coin, what was it, was name coin, I think, was the idea that they were going to do, uh, like, IP hosting or something, or uh, it was a name domain, name domain stuff. Mm -hmm. um via, via a blockchain and it's like it, it didn't work out but it's like back then it was like the we didn't have all of the uh 
all the baggage of all the altcoins then. So, so to, it's it's interesting that even then Satoshi was like, yeah, that's kind of, that's gay. Altcoins well, are gay. I, was, I mean, he never did that. I was just like, you know, I was just like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's pretty, I, I just thought it was funny to make that up. Well, they, I mean, thinking about it from the like, who was Satoshi? It's like, so you're right. We we don't know that these are actually from Satoshi, but like the it's likely they're from Satoshi, and to see Satoshi call something retarded um, indicates. I mean, so I've already seen like uh, handwriting, like the analysis of his words he used in the white paper and stuff, and people have suggested that based on some of the words he used, it, it appears he's using like English as in like UK language more yes. so over like western like american language so it does seem a, that way yes yeah so it's like maybe satoshi was was somebody over in europe some or something it's too bad he didn't choose an australian like mode because then he would have used the word cunt a lot and it would have been great well right and it's like like <laughs> looking at it's like you're trying to like read into like what can we pull away from like the use of the word retarded um it was like it's like Dude. indicates probably like a, kind of an age bracket is definitely a boy definitely a guy um and even like the fact that satoshi would use the word retarded in an email yeah leads me to believe like the, the idea that maybe satoshi was a bunch of different people acting together like that doesn't seem like a thing that a that a committee would do and yeah, yeah so and may, you know at least maybe satoshi is probably not retarded <laughs> probably not so to, i mean yeah you know it's just the whole thing so i would recommend the book the book it's called the book of stoshi i'm pretty sure that's the name of it yes uh, phil, phil champagne's book because i think you're gonna want to like have some type of internalized uh internalized view in your mind's eye of how satoshi talked to people which if you read that book right you basically go through all of like pretty much all of the relevant posts and responses he ever made to Bitcoin talk forum. And there may be a few emails that had, that were sent to Phil, right. To publish the book. Mm -hmm. So like what that would get you is at least a, like a pretty good baseline, right. For who this guy was. And um, then you can kind of at least look at some of these email dumps and say, yeah, that seems like something that guy would have maybe said. I, you know, it's so funny, dude. I was I had an argument with Mandrick, and we were misunderstanding each other. I think the whole time, but like it, he was like, I don't. This wasn't. This was like three weeks ago, right? Where he just basically said, I don't know why people give a fuck what Satoshi wrote about or why. It was more like I. It was it was like a confession. Like, sorry, I've never actually read the white paper, right? And like, I don't know why people necessarily care so much i think it was a very much slayer hero tone type thing right mm, okay which which actually i think is a big lesson people are coming to in the last 24 hours about satoshi you know it's like dude slay your fucking heroes especially that one and um the argument i had with him was i was just basically like no i think it's i absolutely see why people want to read the things he wrote not to necessarily learn anything or to try to gain any truth, but it's like, how many people do you really, can you bounce things off of that understand Bitcoin at all, right? Not too many. <laughs> I mean, it's so, like the, doing research about, there, there's a lot you can learn about 
like whenever you're researching a topic, I mean, you go all around. You you find a person you're researching, and then you go all around their life to research them. So like so similarly, like I'm researching a topic on like so for Bitcoiners, yeah, researching Satoshi, looking into the details, all of like what we know about Satoshi. Yet that's going to make you a better and more resilient Bitcoiner because it's going to prepare prepare you for all of the conversations that come about Satoshi. It's like okay, here's what we know, here's what we don't know. And especially, not to cut you off here, but especially if it brings you to the point where you can slay him and say, yeah, dude, he's gone. Shit, whatever he said mattered then, doesn't matter now. Yeah. And he's gone. Right. For sure. And so, yeah, similarly, like, I, I've been doing research on, on an author and like trying to figure out, like trying to verify that how do I, how do I, how, like in general, like how can you tell like when you encounter somebody new in life, like is this person full of shit? Like, all right, well, I need to, like, I'm going to look into this person. Like, who are they married to? When were they, like, everything about their life is, like, is there anything in here that would lead me to believe that this person is capable of fraud or ma- making up, making up, like, something, is, like, have they written fiction, that kind of stuff? Or did they and, try to murder two hookers? Did they try, yeah, right. Did they try to murder two hookers <laughs> in, in, a, in a hotel room? Like, while well, you're, so all of, like, the best predictor for future behavior is past behavior. So finding out, like, let's look what did satoshi say what kind of language did he use and like th- these kind of things like if you never mandrick saying he's never read the white paper um there's quite a few bitcoiners that have never read the white paper and it's like yeah. it's one of those things that you don't necessarily have to do like mandrick is proof that you can be a bitcoiner and not read the white paper for the record he really he said basically he's it's just not cover to cover right and i'm the uh, same right. boat and I, I i'm the same boat i've never i don't think i've ever put it from front to back you know now he's been I, in a lot long, much longer, right? He's had a much. I was but in Bitcoin yeah. for probably it, it, Bitcoin was on its way up to twenty. It was it was the uh, so it was twenty twenty. Whenever I actually read the white paper, like I had skimmed it, I had looked at it, I had a copy of the PDF on my computer, but I had never actually yeah sat down and like actually read the nine or eleven pages or whatever it is. It's it, it's it's not long. It's just it's no, like you feel like oh I skimmed it, I I can absorb it. But it's kind of like you know yeah. I think about Magic or it's like you know I used to live in New York. And we should talk about it. Holy shit, man. I've lived here a while and I've never even had the urge to go to the Empire State Building. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like Bitcoiners, yeah, reading the white paper is kind of a tourist attraction for Bitcoiners. I think I mean, I like I think it's a reference document. It was written to be a reference document, and there are nuggets in there that do simplify concepts that at this point You've heard millions of times on podcasts or yeah. other books. And, a lot of Bitcoiners, right? like you're running it, like if you're running a node, you understand how the node operates in a way like you don't need the white paper to lay it out for you. But it's not a bad thing to go back and ground yourself in, I think, the peer-to-peer um, way of thinking probably that Satoshi had when he was creating, you know, creating Bitcoin. Not that that like... Again, like there's all this context now, and I think we're going to talk, maybe talk about this later, but there's some, like, it's very hard to discuss issues. There's so much baggage that just throw a bunch of noise on issues, right? And I think, like, even Satoshi is just used now by well funded PSYOPs. We just, I mean, that's not a surprise. That's not a shock. That's not, a, that's not news, right? We saw this in, We've been seeing it in this whole Craig Wright bullshit is a part of that, right? It's just like using just using the idea of Satoshi as a PSYOP. And Bitcoin has already resisted that, right? It's the yeah, it gets back to the hierarchy of trust. Like 
Satoshi, like Satoshi, was brilliant enough to build a network where we didn't have to trust Satoshi. That's right. But yeah. like the fact that like <laughs> I always think about this that Gavin Andreessen, right, who Satoshi handed the keys to Bitcoin to when he left, mm-hmm. he gave commit access to Craig Wright, right, and then so he he completely fell for it, and then Gavin was just booted. He was just unceremoniously booted, booted out after that. So like, to me, that tells you a lot, right? That tells you a lot about how Bitcoin resisted this, you know, Bitcoin resisted fake Toshi. Right. Well, it's like, and going back to the white paper, it's like when you, when you trust, so it's like somebody saying like, I've read the white paper, here's what it says. And you trust that person. Like you're not trusting the white paper, you're trusting that person. And so, yeah, like finding, reading the, uh, the reference documents is like, if it's if it's a trustworthy enough person, yeah, you don't you can potentially use them as as a source of trust. But I mean, yeah, it's like the kind of slay your heroes. Like eventually, when like every human's going to let you down at some point, and you're going to have to go back and do the work yourself. Totally, dude. My wife was, my wife, you know, she, you know, my wife, she um is getting just so closer and closer, right? Learning more about Bitcoin, really, like dealing with the black pill of how life is, right? My repetitiveness doesn't stop. <laughs> so if you think I'm repetitive here, you know, when we get off mic, it's the same shit with me all the, you know, this is exactly how I am in my house. And, um, but she's like coming around, but she said something to me interesting yesterday. She, she's like, well, and she, she does this every once in a while. She's like, do you ever wonder if you're wrong? You know, <laughs> I'm like, man, I do. I'm like, well, yeah, of course, but like, dude. It, um, it's good. So she's like, what if you? What if what your point of view is just from your echo chamber, right? I said, well, right now my echo chamber is it consists primarily of the author of the math textbook that I spend three hours a day with, right? That dude's voice, and every once in a while I see a typo that costs me an hour, <laughs> and I hate him. Like I like I want to like track him down and like murder him over a type like you shouldn't have typos and math books and you know <laughs> but that's my echo like your echo chamber even if you're somebody who reads three to four hours a day in the moment that dude is like massive part of your echo chamber right right I mean, and you really want to be you and so if you 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 want to be somebody who reads so much for a long enough time that you realize this and it's like, yeah, I'm going to read somebody for a few months and then I'm going to put it down. I'm going to read somebody else. Right. And like now then you then you sort of turn around. It's like, where are you on that journey? And she's like, um, I've been trying to read mandibles for a year. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's not real. You know, it's most people are too caught up in life to even be able to read. Right. It's too caught up. I don't want to say, I mean, Bitcoin is unique in a lot of ways, but I feel like the way that people are onboarded into Bitcoin is somewhat immunizes them from, like, the whole process of discovering Bitcoin is the, is the process of asking, am I wrong? Because, like, you're not, you don't see Bitcoin until you realize that you're wrong about your current course of action. So it's like, like, arriving at Bitcoin, like, you can arrive at Bitcoin because there's somebody, uh, like, there's, there's somebody in your life who is a example 
they're living their life on the Bitcoin standard, and they're they're like so something's different about that person. I don't know what it is, but that person like may I, that like kill your heroes. You find a hero in your local life that man that I wish my life was more like this person. But then like if you don't have that, then the the way you find Bitcoin is by questioning. So like I think because of that process, Bitcoin is somewhat. Like Bitcoiners are constantly going out and looking for the voices of anybody who disagrees with them because we're looking anybody who talks about Bitcoin, we want to hear them talking about Bitcoin. And totally. it's like we're, yeah. we're looking, we're constantly looking like, what is that thing that I haven't considered? Like, and but the thing, like once you're in Bitcoin long enough, nobody comes up with 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 not, not nobody, very few people come up with new new ways to critique or attack it. It's like 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 the cliche is I just learned about Bitcoin and here's how to fix it. Like everybody has these same ideas of how they can fix Bitcoin, and but we've got to listen to them because eventually somebody might have an actual new avenue of attack. But I, I don't see a lot of clubs or or other organizations like looking for their detractors constantly. Yeah, it's I go I'll just go right back to my episode with Sly Goomba, and it's literally called <laughs> this like it's literally called Fundamentals colon space. Oh my God, I'm a stupid person. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that really was the moment for me that just, it opened the door. I didn't know, still didn't know what Bitcoin was, but I had this moment. And then like three months later, somebody presented Bitcoin in a way that it made sense to me. I think that like that, that moment of realizing you're stupid is like, that's just a general kind of requirement to progress our consciousness. Like if you've never, if you've never failed, like if you've never gotten to a point where you have like built something to f and failed, it's like, okay, well you've, ne you haven't done anything. Like you're, you're not yeah. exercising the muscle if you're not using it. So that's where, I mean, for me, like studying math every day is like actually makes me feel stupid for a good period of time every day. And it's maybe how I stay humble because my ego needs it. Right. My ego needs that. Otherwise, I'd get myself into a lot of trouble, and um, which I think I did for probably a good decade and a half, where I, maybe I wasn't. You're still getting yourself on trouble. You're still getting arguments on Twitter about stuff. Well, I get, but but yeah, but like at least like I'm grounded that every day I do something. I I'm doing something hard that makes me feel stupid. So at the very least, mm. I'm staying in check. But yes, I am. Well, I'm not getting in trouble. Like the. This one was not my fault. <laughs> this particular one was not my fault. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll talk quickly about this one. Um, I, you know, look, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with this this little cunt named Nick Carter. Whenever he posts anything, to pretending like he did not. Is his star still scam. rising? This star rising piece of shit. Who basically? I don't know why I care so much, but like, I have. The people that stick in my craw are the ones that like really blew shit up and were never accountable and think they can just keep posting things like we're going to like listen to them like like these things never happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And like my big three list happens on that happens to be him, Corey Clipston and Peter McCormack. Right. These are like my big three of people, just my most unaccountable motherfuckers. Right. And so just he put I don't remember even what he posted. I just quote tweeted it and said, oh, you know, coming from the fucking loser who basically brought you brought, brought you BlockFi and never, you know, never apologized for it. All he did was tell Bitcoiners they were fucking morons, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so maybe there was some signal in there. I don't know. But all of a sudden, Len the Legend, shout out. Shout out Len the Legend, right? 
he just slides right in there and says, yeah, just like Peter McCormack, um, shilled BlockFi and, you know, knowing it was a scam. And normally, like, dude, I've been involved probably in hundreds of tweets that say shit like this. This particular one, Peter McCormack decided to get into it. This one touched a nerve. Of <laughs> for some whatever sort. reason, he for whatever reason, I don't know why, you know. But now all of a sudden he's here. He's and you know and he's doing his like his unaccountable thing. He's like, well, it's just you know, this is the tactic. Tell me specifically, you know, what it was I did, and you know, and Len just like comes back and says, um, can you say you didn't know that? BlockFi was a scam when, when, you know, when you were shelling it. Right. And were you selling a product while you were yourself divesting from it? And, you know, no response to that. But like, you know, for me, the idiot me actually tries to tell him the things that he was unaccountable for. And he, I start seeing him picking at it and he's starting like, this is how he wins, right? He actually wins by getting you to engage on his terms. And um, finally, I'm like, dude, I wasn't even like, I didn't even start this thing. <laughs> I'm going to let Len handle this one because he brought Peter into it. And um, he got sort of, he had the last word, Peter ghosted it, and that was it. He's Everybody's never gonna... a hero in their own in their own mind. No, nobody wants to be the villain in their own mind. So like the idea that for, for Peter or for, for Nick, uh, I, I don't really follow, like I'm aware of these people because I'm in the space, but I, I don't really follow them. But I, I was like, they want to, be, like if for, for them to acknowledge that they did a shitty thing, they would have to acknowledge that they, that, no, if you, doing something like that, like selling a product why, that you know is malicious or like selling, selling a product like BlockFi, like you have to, there's a level of cognitive dissonance that they is required both, yeah. Yeah, to, to do both, something like that. They would both have to destroy their businesses to do that, to be I truly. Mean, their business is selling, selling advertising. Like they, they yep. and they've gotten into this Bitcoin space but based their business on a legacy business model. And it's like, yeah, at least Nick suffered the loss, <laughs> right? At least because, you know, he was, that was his, his venture firm actually suffered the loss. So I, I'll give him that, right? It, whereas Peter, nothing, Peter, nothing got on him. Not I mean, like everything. One, bad, yeah, one conversation with Matt O'Dell that really put his feet to the fire. That was like the extent of it. Nothing, otherwise fucking nothing. He keeps being commercially successful at what he's doing. So I mean, based on market feedback, he is being he the the market is saying yes to what he's doing. So I mean, just based on that, like he has no reason to change what his behavior. Like unless the market disapproves, it's like and, and like he is he's selling a fiat product, and there's still enough of a fiat world out there that that's buying it. It's fine, but it's still up to the standard bearers to continue to put this check on. And I, you know, so I'll stand by that. You know, it's very. It's really disheartening because um, I had I had my meetup earlier this week, and um, it's so funny. This guy just came. You know he he listened to Peter's podcast with Shinobi and wanted to now know like what's a UTXO and um, so just you guys. This isn't like news coverage or anything, but this is just like it, I could people get caught up in this web because they listen to the podcast. Um, you know, I wasn't going to go into this, but like people in Bitcoin, one of the things we suffer, I think, because of meme culture is we get in discussions about things and we don't really have deep knowledge about any of these things. We have sh what's called show for knowledge. 
you, um, have you ever heard of sh- this term called chauffeur knowledge? I have not. It's a great little story. Do you know who Max Planck was? Uh, I am from Max Planck. I know that there's a measurement based on that's yeah. named for him. Yes, he was this legendary physicist. Okay, okay, and he would go around. Um, <laughs> he would go around Germany and Europe, and um, you know, uh, Fokker Planck equation. I mean, dude, this guy was a legend. And um, there's a story that um, basically, I, what's the story? I'm going to fuck this up because I wasn't planning on talking about this. But the story goes that he had his like chauffeur do a Q&A once for him. And um, his driver, right? The chauffeur is his driver. And... Like he was actually able to handle most of the questions, but somebody did ask him a really, really hard one. And the chauffeur said, that question is so fucking easy. My chauffeur could answer it. And he pointed to Max Planck. Right. Yeah. Right. But like, you kind of get like this chauffeur sat through so many of his (laughs) speeches that he's like, you know, I I bet I could give your speech. Yeah. So yeah. Right. And he said that, that was kind of how it was. But the bottom line was we have a lot of chauffeur knowledge where we're Mm. like, we hear these terms, we kind of know, like what they mean. But then when it comes down to actually, you know, there are all these uh, businesses, VCs trying to sigh up us with saying, this is what Satoshi wanted. This is what, you know, if Bitcoin doesn't reach XYZ point, it's a failure, shit like that. And then we kind of come with our chauffeur knowledge on a lot of these things and don't quite know how to navigate any of it. Okay. Right. And so this guy, and by the way, it's hilarious. This guy had no idea he was going to go to my meetup that night. Uh, I happened to be walking to, I happened to be walking from my house to there. I have to go through um, the local high school and I was walking by the tennis court on the local high school and I saw him on the tennis court and he's like, Hey, fundamentals. And I was like, yeah, Hey, what's up? And he's like, Hey man, dude, sorry. I missed the last meetup. You know, really wanted to go. I was like, dude, I'm on my way now. It's tonight. It's like now tonight, dude, you want to (laughs) go? And he's like, uh, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, let's do it. And so as I'm walking with him to the meetup, he starts telling me that he listened to this podcast with Peter and Shinobi. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. And he's like, I really want to understand this. I said, okay. I said, do you know what a UTXO is? And he's like, actually, no, I would like to learn, though. I said, oh, that's beautiful. We're going to do that tonight, Okay. That's going to be our goal. We're going to sit down. First thing we're going to do is we're just going to like teach you what a UTXO actually is. Okay. So we arrive and we put this question out there. It turned out to be a pretty hard thing to do to explain actually. What everyone a UTXO had a, is? Everyone had some different analogy and it was just like it became kind of a clusterfuck. But like, you know, the bottom line was this dude, great guy, shout out, I'm not going to say his name, but fucking great dude, Right. Actually, think about what a fucking dude this is. Like he was playing tennis and he's like, yeah, no, I'll come to this meetup. I'm going to stop, stop what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Um, really wants to learn something. There's something bothering him that he needs to, you know, wants to understand more about Bitcoin. And so I basically said to him, I'm like, look, you need to actually, this is your homework, dude. You need to like visual, go find a way to visualize your UTXOs. And I think like every, that should be a goal of everyone in Bitcoin. I was like, dude, if Bitcoin was tennis, dude, your UTXO is like your racket. <laughs> like, like if you don't actually know what it looks like, it, you're going to have a hard time using it and understanding why, a, you know, graphite ones are maybe good for 
this type of game and other, you know, that's like you, it's like one of the most fundamental fucking concepts of Bitcoin itself. Like you don't actually know you own Bitcoin unless you see your UTXOs, right? What was like, the uh, UTXO conversation that McCormick and Shinobi had? They were, they were talking uh, about the UTXO problem. Is that what so, they were talking about? So disclaimer, I don't like listen to Peter's show even when he now, I don't even listen to it now. And like friends of mine go on. I was like, I just don't, I, just, I don't like it. So I didn't hear this, but it was a ex- extension of this discussion so there's like a there's like a CTV discussion, which is not like like CTV is a uh, like I think it's I think it stands for check check time lock verify or something like that check time stamp verify check time something verify it's an opcode, and there's a lot of different types of people that want this sort of soft fork to include this okay, mm-hmm. but. There were a lot. There was a lot of activity on Twitter referring to this interview, and the main point that got quoted, okay, was this idea. So first of all, the tr- sort of there's this true thing happening that yeah, UTXOs are like rare. Block space is rare, and there aren't a lot of them, and there won't. At the way Bitcoin is structured now, there can't be a lot of them, right? And certainly not in the context of 8 billion people, well, that almost none of them will actually know what it is to hold a UTXO, right? Well, I mean, there, there's nothing, there's no technical limitation stopping there being 8 billion UTXOs or 16 billion UTXOs. It's well, just expensive. No, there is definitely, well, actually, there is a technical limitation. There, You know, there can, like the block size limit is a technical limitation, on that the total the total amount of data that we can pack onto the block right so in other words you just multiply block every 10 minutes over even over you know course of a year it's like a tiny speck of dust in terms of the number of people in the world so that's like there is a truth to that right but then there's this what i think is just a giant fucking psyop going on utilizing that to try to actually um say that um, there's a fucking problem like that's that, 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 you know, Oh my God, now we need to really change Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to like imagine how, how this is a problem. Well, so the quote, sorry, I didn't get to it, but like basically the soundbite was that the people that own UTXOs are going to, it's going to be like a two tiered society and people that own UTXOs will be the elite, the 1%. And then everybody else will be some sort of subjugated surf. And it'll be just like fiat now. That was like the basically the idea, right? It was a moralizing okay. of this as though. That's like, a very communist viewpoint to be like, oh, everybody deserves this thing. Yes. Everybody deserves. Yeah. That's the point. That's exactly the point. Like everybody. De- and, you know, the reality, like I would say this, like here are my first principles. My first principles on all these conversations is nobody gets to play God with Bitcoin. Right. So, you know, it reminded me, it reminded me of people who say, you know, grass fed beef. Yeah, it might be healthy for you and that's great, but like it can't, there's not enough of it to feed 8 billion people. So we must, we, you know, we have to start, we have to grow soy burgers in labs because how else are we going to feed 8 billion people? Right. It's like the same fucking stupid argument shitty argument right 
I mean, it's like, yeah, the, the, there's, I, there's going to be a lot of people that are upset by that. The idea that, that they can't, I mean, it's like, I mean, people, I don't know that people are even going to understand the technicalities to be upset about that. It's like, there's going to be people that say like, Hey, there's a, there's this thing that you should be angry about. But like, are there a bunch of people that are angry? And I mean, I guess people are pissed off that they're poor, but I mean, like the, like people that own a house versus people that don't own a house. Like, is there a thing out there that like everybody, like everybody has dollars, but not everybody has the value behind the dollars, I guess. No, I th- well, I mean, I guess th- it's like the way fiat people, fiat people will look at the Canelon effect, saying the elite have it and the rest of the people don't. Right, That's, but it's like, right? like me thinking it, from a, the technical perspective is like I, like me as a technical person, like I could run a node that my entire family does all of their economic activity off of my node, and it's like so this like this one UTXO that that I have now opened a Lightning channel with could cover my entire family's worth of economic activity. But like for people, that y- you're right, like they don't have their own UTXO, so they go, oh, "We're not equal to, to you." So th- See? this is where I it's like this is hard to talk about, but I like I really like I wanted to talk about it because I think that it's important to try to separate the actual technical issue from the multiple psyops that are being bombarded upon mm. a majority population of people with strictly so that don't even that will never come close to understanding this technical issue not because they can't just because it's I'm finding it's a lot of work it's a lot of effort to even find the right people um, you know I I'm kind of committed to understanding the technical issue but it's not easy I have to work pretty hard to um, it's not there's no book. Right, you got to find yeah, all these people, right. and there's no class you can take. Yeah, this you is just sit through a lot of the non-pertinent <laughs> conversation as well. And if you really want to understand this, and so you have a lot of people who don't understand the technical issue and aren't going to, and then you have this bombardment of psyops from VC-funded, um, you know, they're really not nefarious, right? And then you have these like virtue signaling pricks like Peter and frankly like Alex Gladstein. Who hop, who just hop onto this, either for their own engagement or because they actually believe it, because they're actual fucking commies, right? And people, everyone's confused now. And you know, maybe there really is a good reason to implement CTV and covenants, but it's buried. It's completely buried in this morass of other shit. So that's why I wanted to begin to talk about it here, and maybe we'll continue to follow up on it, as because I it's because it's like an important issue. Like it's, you know, I've I have come to the conclusion that, at very least, in my limited understanding, there are certainly benefits to um, to this opcode, right? That doesn't mean hey, let's go do it and let's go put it in what do they call it, rushed or speedy trial or shit like that, you know? But it's like. Um, you know, the push and pull of a conversation like that should try to focus on the technical issue and the problem it's solving and not extend into, oh, this is what Satoshi wanted, or this is what, you know, this is like, you know, you're trying to create more fiat or all this stuff. And so, you know, I I hate these conversations. I hate people who, I honestly do hate people. I'm choosing my words carefully. I hate these people who 
think that scaling Bitcoin to 8 billion people is their fucking responsibility. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, this is one of those things. It's, it's, this reminds me of the, uh, the problem that the, I mean, his, history, the history books tell us that back in the early 1900s, um, when we were still using a lot of horse-drawn horsepower, so like we, we were we were bringing all the food and equipment into New York City with horse-drawn carriages and people were doing like economists of the day were doing the math and they're like man if we keep going on this trajectory this trajectory like we're going to all be buried under like meters of horse shit like because we're going to have to keep scaling up these horses it's like they didn't see the automobile coming so like like That's right. so people yeah like this it's the I feel same like Bi- thing. Bitcoin, like fiat, is like the perfect tool for to bring up a whole bunch of fraudsters. So, like, if if you wanted to build an army of people to to, to suck value out of out of like suckers, like Barnum and Bailey, there's a sucker born every minute. Um, like fiat, the, the fiat is the tool that you would need to raise terrible hucksters, social media influencers. Um, like fraudsters, people that I are love just the word huckster, by the way. I love people that, that are just word. inserting themselves to extract value without adding any actual value to the equation. But Bitcoin, like Bitcoin has solved Bitcoin solves so many problems that hucksters are going to have to work extra hard to find a way to insert themselves to extract value. Like you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to do work like fraudulent work, but like you're going to have to sweat to figure out a way for people to give you their sats. And I mean, it's kind of like the kids that are, when they realize that um, kids in like high school that are like cheating on tests and they're like memorizing the test and they're like, wait a second, this is like study. Yeah, right. They're like, what the fuck? Man, it's like, if I, if I just learn the material, man, I can just walk in and like just answer all the questions. That'd be, you're right. The easiest way to pass the test is just to learn the material. So they're working just as hard to basically run a grift now. But yeah, like there's the, the motivation to turn yourself into a, like a person that others need, like they need your, your ideas or some kind of like what, what like the 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 idea to be like a middleman is like that's a very attractive and it's not like it's not going to go go away like humans like that that essentially being being a middleman is like the basis of becoming an entrepreneur like figuring out how can i get between somebody and their money is figuring is the first step to building a product that actually gives value to somebody to make them separate themselves from their money for your product that you made them but like yeah so the people yeah i i feel like the the aggravation that we have about influencers and like this is just it's fiat mindset that's just kind of like dragging holding over as we're moving into this new truth-based system and like over time i mean like the taller the the tolerance of the individual for that kind of shyster is going to decrease and like already the the aggravation that these people are like i'm sure like i mean Somebody that somebody like these people that you're pointing out, like the they are heroes in their own brain. Like nobody is the villain in their mind. They they are the people that we are we are doing something, adding value. And these people that are they're they're just haters. They are hating on me for no reason. But like, if if you're doing something and causing friction in the world, like those white blood cells are gonna keep showing up to fight back. And like right. Bitcoin is making a healthier host for those white blood. So like we are, <laughs> Bitcoin is allowing like the body of our species 
to become healthy. And so all, all of these like unhealthy areas, like they're going to keep getting more uncomfortable and uncomfortable as the white blood cells show up to do the battle. Yeah. And I would really say to people like, dude, um, it's not stop looking for validation, like societal validation, right? Like that's not going to, um, it's not going to make your life better. It's not like, it, it's not going to make Bitcoin work. It's fine. But like this sort of need, like there's people, let's say, who will never adopt Bitcoin until Harvard Business Review publishes a study validating it. And it's kind of like, saw these st- stories this week about like Reddit buying Bitcoins. Like, oh, you know, and, and you, you see all the people who simp on that. And it's like, okay, great. It's a little bit of validation, which means like your dad may be more likely to, you know, not hate you this week or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? Just because it's getting more normalized. But like, it, you got to be good with like being the only one and not, need, you know, and just working on yourself, make, you know, make yourself as strong as possible. And that is like, I do think that UTXO ownership will be elite because it will be the people that understand the value of that, that hold, that hold them, that don't relinquish them because they see they might get a billion pay pieces of monopoly money for it, or, you know, they're not, they take care of their keys. And yes, I do think that is going to, so, but the elite is going to be based on actual something actually true versus well, proximity to a politician. Yeah, averages. I would say, hopefully, like the the underlying technology is going to incentivize an elite that is actually based on on value and not not middle not, not a, the cancel on effect. But there are like, but I do think like it's it's also important to have technical discussions. And I, maybe I would just say I, I'm having less tolerance for having technical discussions with, you know, people with chauffeur knowledge of the subject. But unfortunately, it's getting harder and harder. We've talked about lightning before. Like nobody fucking really digs into Nobody's really dig, dug in. It's very hard to talk about the technical problems of lightning with people. People get Bitcoin for the most part, right? And I think like you go back and look at how the block war was won, it's because people understood technically that they could do it. They, you know, they understood they could win, right? Because they understood Bitcoin technically enough. And I don't think that's the case at all with Lightning. Um, and I think that's, I think they know that. I think these companies know that. And they know that's where they can attack, they can attack people. So I would just say, hey, my, you know, the white blood cells are also going to, for me going to be uh, standard bearing on I think who I discuss this with in terms of like try to make yourself into somebody who like try to just upgrade your technical understanding of things an inch like every day. It's like circling back to the idea of killing your heroes. Um, like the most I can think of in my life specifically like the, the different heroes that I slayed along the way of like, like collapsing into myself and depression and then like building myself back up based on internal values. It's like, it's like if you're, if you're basing your life, your value structure on external, on an external structure, like when inevitably that you're, you are going to fall apart when you're faced with it, with a battle that you're not prepared for because you don't have the actual basis of your value system. So like in the killing you here, so like Elon Musk, people like fanboys of Elon Musk, like no, Elon's a human fan. Like, like he is obviously 
obviously fallible. It's like same things with Satoshi. But like the most important hero that all of us have to slay is ourselves, like our ego. The, like, you, like all of us have to get over the story that we tell ourselves that we're the hero, that we are like the lead of the story. And it's like, it's like a great way to do that is to fail. And for a lot of people now, like the, the humility, the humbling effect of being wrong about Bitcoin for now 14 years now, um, it's like that, that's going to be enough of a failure for a lot of people to be, to, to crush their ego. Um, but like, Basically, for the, for like the lucky those of us who are lucky that we stumbled across something where we had to kill the hero the hero of ourselves early, earlier than later. I mean, like that's the Bitcoin completely destroyed me. Like Bitcoin's obvious. Like the 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 information. The only reason that like Bitcoin is going to do what it's going to do, like that early people are doing better than later people, it's just because the information asymmetry of like they were willing to look. And accept something that was out. Like they were, look, they were willing to look to the horizon and accept something that wasn't in inside the camp already. And like that is, like eventually that information asymmetry will go away, and all of us will just like just the kids will understand how lightning works, and then this kind of conversation will happen naturally. You want to hear an inch of funny? Um, I'll talk a personal anecdote, and it's from the last three weeks, and it's. Um, does segue into one last thing I I did want to talk about today is um, do you know what the mesh tadel is? I have heard John from uh, what was it Ungovernable Misfits talk about the mesh. What is the mesh tadel? Yep. So shout out John and fucking Ungovernable Misfits and Bit by Bit podcast. Definitely, I think anyone li- who likes us would enjoy that podcast. The mesh citadel is sort of like a citadel that those guys started building really to bring in permaculture, really trying like a really good attempt at creating Bitcoin circular economies around, you know, people with strong values for Bitcoin sovereignty. Right. Um, so shout out, I'll say uh, base load, AKA beast load. Uh, Beast load. <laughs> he sends me an invite to their telegram and I'm like, all right, I'll try not to ruin this telegram like I do every other one. And um, anyway, we, um, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, so one of the heroes I slayed, I, ha- I did have to slay at some point this year. I, we covered this. I don't remember what episode we did this on, but we literally spent 15 minutes on one of my absolute heroes in the space, Knut, who... I still hold in very, very high regard, but I have a, like an issue with this one kind of thing that he does that I think is inconsistent. We talked about it, Mike. Um, I'm <laughs> not going to get into it. Um, or maybe I'll try to find it and clip it at some point in time. But um, anyway, somebody was asking this sort of question about um, on the Meshtadel Telegram, and I basically said, yeah, dude. Um, oh, they were asking about his book, Prexiology, which I'm like, yeah, um, it's okay. Underwhelmed me, but I think it's good for noobs. It's like a good pamphlet for people who don't want to read 2,000 pages of Rothbard, right? Um, and then I'm like, you know, I made this other point that I'd made before. And um, like within five minutes, um, Canute made his presence <laughs> known, chimes in, and 
I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I was just wasn't prepared. To the space that. isn't that big. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for like the backhand immediate. Like, you know, we talk, I'm used to having like the protection of our podcast where no one can kind of like, but, you know, I, it really forced me to come to terms with like, no, I stand by the things I say. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, I fucking love you. Right. I really do. Like, I, took a picture of all my fucking bucks of his. Um, but I do have this issue. I'm happy to talk about it anytime, but like, you know, and then you, you, the more you do this, the more you kind of like find your backbone. And it's like, yeah. no, you know, I am going to, I am going to stand by. Uh, it's too important, dude. Like Bitcoin is not assured to any of us. The future we want to build is not assured to any of us. It's way too important to maintain your own frame. Right. Mm-hmm. And, than to, and that's why I have zero tolerance for like what I perceive to be just straight up simping for influencers and um, governments and anything that's like, yeah, I just, I can't stand it because it basically identifies, like it makes you like somebody who I know I don't want building my Citadel with because you're not, you know, you're not going to have the frame for this. And it's, so it's when I, we say slay your heroes, it's because like, it's the only way you're going to be strong enough to actually be one of the one percent and keeps your UTXO and can actually you know that that's who we're building with, like it or not, right? That's Bitcoiners who- agree on a lot of things based on like we we have similar value like to to value Bitcoin requires you to have a similar value structure in other areas of life. So yeah, Bitcoiners inevitably agree on a lot of things, but the only thing that Bitcoiners agree on universally is Bitcoin. Like there are so many disagreements on so uh, like the cast iron versus versus uh stainless steel cooking pots is just one like there's ten thousand areas that bitcoiners disagree on and so even like yeah coming up with just talking about like a bitcoin book like is is this book good like yeah that's and like one of the beautiful things about holding a hard currency is like it starts to develop each of our backbones to be willing to stand up like the world that I grew up in taught us, taught me that no, we like, like we all want to get along. We want like it's it's a bad thing when we're fighting and like like disagreeing and debating. It's like no, we all we all want to get along and come to a common understanding. And like we want like everybody's viewpoints valuable. It's like real like it took getting some Bitcoin for me to really kind of start questioning things. And I really like no, like not there. There are viewpoints out there that are just because they are diverse. They they diverge from other viewpoints does not immediately mean like oh this is a valuable viewpoint so yeah like it's great i love that bitcoin encourages people to develop their own internal models and then stand up for them be willing to stand up for them yeah and then i i think there's a balance and i think it's good to also realize that you're gonna like a lot of these people that you're slaying are in your citadel (laughs) like you know we can, yeah. we all like learn how to fucking live with each other, right? Um, I would love to one day. I don't know if I would. I don't think I aspire ever to anyone to. I don't think I aspire to be on Newt's level ever, of like whatever being well known or anything like that. I certainly don't aspire to that. But it would indicate to, if somebody is shitting, if somebody's publicly shitting on some view of mine in some Telegram that I they didn't know I was in. I think I would view that as a sign that I have leveled up somewhere, at least in my ability to get my, oh, for idea, sure. my ideas like, out. 
them pushing back, like for some, like I'm, I know for a fact that there's people out there on the internet that don't like me, that don't like Business Cat, and like that, that's fine with me. My, really? I my thought you were your very, the very best friend on the internet. What happened? Well, that's what I say that, but I mean that's <laughs> like, like that's that's my view. That's like the, everybody disagrees. There's people out there that disagree with my view that I'm your best friend, but it's like the, uh, like that's okay. Like it doesn't bother me that there's people out there that have their own internal view like model of who business cat is that like whatever that's you're an idiot and you're you are but that's you can have your own thoughts like my internal value my my, the value of my life does not come from what people on twitter are saying about me or what it's like uh, if it if it did like if if i was so worried about what other people thought of me like i would not have been able to make the progress in several key dimensions of my life that i have like i'm I was willing to stare at the horizon. That's how I saw Bitcoin before other people. Like being willing to stare at the horizon is going to cause some people to point and laugh. And but like that, that's okay. Like you have to develop the skin for that. Like if if you if you're the person who's gonna get upset because somebody is like this person thinks I'm a shitbag. This person called me like a like a scammer or a, like they 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 think I'm an influencer who's like peddling shit like and i'm gonna get i'm gonna get online and get really angry about it like okay great that's that the this is energy that you are not spending elsewhere in your life well it's also like i do think those things stem from very basic inauthenticities and they yes. they, they reveal them and the, like you wouldn't bite on that that fish hook if it wasn't aggravating some some truth that you know in your brain that's why it was notable to me that all of a sudden peter started getting upset about you know, Len the legend and and I, you know, right. just talking shit. I mean, it's like, you know, hey, Nick Carter never responds to my shit posts on him. I do at least I do this at least once a week, right? <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't block me. I'm irrelevant, right, to him. And I kind of respect that. Right? I have that understanding with him. Like I'm just gonna still call you out. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm too irrele- I'm too irrelevant for him to even block me. It's like, like human not- human we but- are incredibly capable of lying to ourselves. But Peter, like, Peter's revealing this inauthenticity. I mean, he reveals it all the fucking time. And that's, you know, those get clipped too when he says things like, oh, you know, I don't feel like a slave or anything like that, you know? From, yeah. Well, I don't mind paying. T- I, you know, he does that shit, but also like on Twitter, you see the real shit come out. And, you know, frankly, there's things. I mean, he's all over. He is all over the place in the world, right? He's a fucking sociopath. And frankly, I don't like. I don't like him, okay? If you guys haven't figured it out, I, I don't like him as a person. I don't like him as a, a character in the space. And I understand that I may have to share my Citadel with him at some level. But, I, you know, I kind of like rolling with these Mesh Citadel guys because, that you know, I know they're not going to let Peter McCormack into into their Citadel. <laughs> maybe they will. You know, it's, you know, maybe I have to, like, Everybody has their price and shit like that. You know? I mean, as long as the price is payable in sats, I mean, like, everybody's welcome in my citadel as long as you, you like, you wipe your feet, you follow the rules, and, like, that's, like, I don't, I don't give a shit what your internal, what me. your brain is telling you. I'll do, I'll transact with you. But yeah. I don't, not that you're not, you, you don't get space in my citadel. Like, I will discriminate if I don't like your values. And, Again, meaning, I guess we and, should. And it's not like I don't like your views on, you know, um, I don't like your views on abortion or shit like that. It's more like your values on Bitcoin, like is like uh, matters to me. Your values, oh, yeah, so the, for, 
I, I would allow somebody that I disagree with, like, to come into my store and do, yeah, do business. But yeah, there's a difference between doing economic activity with somebody and breaking bread with someone. There's people I disagree with, and there's people who I actually think are, um, I don't. It's not a moral thing, guys. It's more of when I talk about integrity, it's lacking structure, and so it's like I just people who have a lot of influence who are clearly not going to make it. You know, in my mind, right? And don't aren't they're not like they're not living so that the people that they're with are going to make it, right? They're really just doing, promoting their own self, right? I mean, I'm building my like their star my, will continue to rise. In my citadel, everyone is like kind of cares that we make that we all make it, right? We're fighting in a trench. This isn't guaranteed to us. And, um, you know, I, I know oh, business cat, man, I know you so well and I know myself so well, and I know we're looking for, a, I know we're looking for an outro right now, but, but, but I gotta like also acknowledge now in the mesh today, um, you know, I met this guy, Otis, who's a coffee roaster and, um, you know, not to create another 10 minute segment here. I can do this like in two minutes. Let's keep like, going. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I'm a, that people, I'm a giant dick about is coffee. Um, to some people, my belief that you should drink coffee is dickish, but like also in terms of making coffee and quality coffee, I've been in that rabbit hole and I've, I've done my time and um, I've actually come to the conclusion that 99% of the coffee in the world is absolute garbage and disappointing and not worth the pursuit. And I've gone through this long, long life of most, mostly disappointment and occasional absolute, absolute pleasant surprise. Coffee is one of my favorite addictions. And it's like, it, like, um, like we were saying, like nobody in Bitcoin agrees on everything. Yeah. There's Bitcoiners that are like no coffee, no weed, no, like all this stuff is, yeah, no, it's, I think we were meant to drink it. We evolved with it. But, but, but among those disappointments, at the top of the list are the coffees that slap Satoshi's name on it or Bitcoin's name on it. I've tried them all, and they're – I mean, they literally are all fucking hot garbage, okay? You, the, the, the reality is by the time you get these bags, it's months, and the coffee is dead. And it doesn't even have a chance. Of, even if it was maybe good at some point in time, it doesn't have a chance of being good. Like for me, I am brewing a Chemex that I've spent eight to ten years dialing in the grind to, you know, perfection with my recipe. And I know, like, you know, when a coffee's good, I know what it delivers. And all these Bitcoin coffees, like, I'm just—it's just like people are happy that it says Bitcoin. It's like, what the fuck, dude? This coffee's garbage. So anyway, I meet this guy, Otis on the mesh today. And he's like, just kind of putting himself out there as a roaster and I ping him. I'm like, all right, man, let's, you know, I want to try it. I want to try it. Okay. I have very high standards. I'm a bit of a, bit of a dick. If it goes bad, this could go bad. I'll, but if it goes good, this could go really good. And he's like, yeah, dude, I want, I'm a ro I roast my coffee. I think it's really good. Um, and he quotes me in sats and I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do this. So, um, and you know, thinking let's do one bag and if it's good, I can actually, you know, I'm going to hook up 
my meetups and stuff like that. We can, you know, I can defray some shipping costs. And um, I got to tell you, dude, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Otis's coffee is incredible. And I don't want to create a big demand here. <laughs> but um, I'm definitely going to hook up the Bitcoin John regularly and he did he's like roasting it to order like he's gonna send he send me send me these bags like three days before the, the john it's gonna be beautiful for people and um one of the things i want to do is have is leave the guest our guest speaker with a bag which would be kind of cool thing for us to do leave him with a nice bag of the old of uncorrupted you know coffee uncorrupted by fiat yeah, car- karma-free coffee. But it's actually, I, I could tell you, and I have a, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me privately and get my play-by-play, I was thinking of turning it into a blog post. Like I took probably about 15 pictures and videos of um, the water I used, the grind type, what the beans look like before I ground them, what the beans look like. If you guys know, ever, if anybody brews Chemex, you kind of can look at the grind and know if it's, coarse enough or fine enough and you kind of you know you have that sense and i have i took very detailed notes of the process if anybody wants to geek out on that do you grind um, your coffee beans like each morning before your before the cup oh absolutely look so here's the thing here's the thing about buying dead coffee right so coffee is a, an alive product it's filled with the horrible thing called co2 <laughs> carbon dioxide carbon dioxide gives a coffee bean its life and you can see a um, just ro- if you take a coffee bean that's say roasted in the last couple of days, right? When you grind it and then you pour hot water on top of it, you can really see it grow. Like it's called a bloom, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a yeah, you know, a pretty beautiful thing. And then when you see how dark the um, the beans get as you pour hot water over it, you really you can see the life in it. So in be- so. After roasting, the CO2 dissipates out of the bean, and the lo- you know, the more the surface area, the more it does that. So that's why you know you really you want the water to hit the beans as soon as you grind it. You, okay, you don't want to get some bag of beans that's been ground like a month ago. That's insane. It's just absolute insanity, right? Yeah, absolute insanity if you care about the quality of your coffee. Um, I love so, I love how Bitcoin integrates with like the qual like these consumables that w- that we use. It's like the, the one of the first uh, one of the first use cases for Bitcoin was what the Silk Road, and so Ross Ulrich was he was selling mushroom. He he grew mushrooms so that he could like he, he created the Silk Road, and then he he's like, well, I need vendors, so he grew some mushrooms to sell mushrooms on. He'd be his, his own first vendor. So it's like mushrooms for Bitcoin, and then then that translated into weed for Bitcoin, and that's translating into now that yeah, like like we can now modify our conscious with coffee. It's like you can get coffee from literally anywhere on the planet. It's like yes. the, the dollar was such like an artificial uh, hedge wall, like an artificial walled garden that kept Americans inside the American system. It's like well, we can only we can only order and buy things from people that use the dollar system. And that has kept us from doing business with all areas of the world. But now, like, I mean, we, we have this internet money that's universal across across the internet. And, right, we now have an option to do, like, you, you want to get your coffee from El Salvador? You want to get your coffee from Colombia? It's like, I mean, we're not there yet, but it's like this kind of, I imagine there's going to be, like, a, uh, a sat-based Amazon 
that maybe like an like an Alibaba le- level thing that is just we're also we're we're gonna need a new uh, some kind of new shipping service as well. But like it's an yeah. interesting I go freedom. Back, I, I I so I mentioned the slide you remember. My my time on this podcast. One of them, like my regrets. It's not a regret. It's just my regret about my life. Is um, you know, he asked me this question, like, did I ever buy anything with Sats? And I was like, yeah, but it. And then like, it didn't excite me that much. And it's true. And I, it's not that I regret that I said that. It's tr- I just you know, it's like I think he was at the, expecting some story about how it lit something up and it made some big difference. And I kind of felt like hmm, maybe there's, you know, my my. My experience thus far is incomplete because I hadn't had that light up moment. But I have to tell you that now that I see a future of with a relationship with this person and the ability to buy coffee and sats from this, you know, from this guy, it has me optimistic about Bitcoin in a way I have not, I honestly have not been. Mm. It's so because I have this thing that is a staple that I buy all the time. That in a in the best case scenario, let's just take a this is what I do. I go, I dream. Okay. So here's my dream, guys. My dream is that I'm actually gonna actually help this guy become a um sustain I'm gonna help this guy become a coffee roaster, right? For a long time. And that's gonna benefit me a lot because I'm gonna get to drink high quality coffee. And this is what frankly enables all of the learning that I do, right? I learn on a superhuman level and part of it is because just drinking good coffee. And um, it's, it's, it's optimistic. I'm so optimistic of a relationship like that. Hey, yeah, my cost of buying coffee is going to go down. And that's like me the first time really realizing something in Bitcoin that, you know, the purchasing power of something is going to increase because you've now created, you've created a, this is, you know, obviously assuming, you know, assuming everything stays the same, right? But this type of cooperation is enabled now because, um, you know, I'm going to be asking him to send me five pounds of coffee at least every month, right? So I did the math. I think today it would be like five million sats a year. It would be roughly the spend from collectively, not just from me, but collectively from the meetup. Theoretically, I would open a lightning channel with him, committing those five million sets, and that would um, that would be of great benefit to this person, right? If there's ten people like me that um, commit sats through a lightning channel, then I've talked about this before, and I wrote an essay about this, the one called "Creating Annuities on the Lightning Network." But you know, theoretically, a bank could see all this commitment on chain, right? It's interesting the things that we remember that like our brain commits to, like this is a core memory that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life now. And one of, I mean, this wasn't the first time I spent Bitcoin, but like a a lot of people have light bulb moments when they spend Bitcoin. And like, this was not my first time spending Bitcoin again, but like the first time that I, I went to a farm and spent Bitcoin at a farm um, and sent the sats from my node directly to that farmer's node for the payment was like, I, it's, I remember it vividly. Cause I, I remember being like, I told, and I, I told the farmers like, this is 
the coolest fucking thing that we just did and like nobody nobody but us is understands or would understand I, like i couldn't even communicate this to people how cool of a thing it is that we just did um but yeah so i i, I imagine when when goomba asked you that like he was imagining you you had some kind of similar moments when like the, the light bulb like oh my god yeah, like, and I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I felt it. And I felt the disappointment right there in the moment. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like this is. It's. I would suspect that just judging from the way that you are talking reverently about your coffee, it's like I'm going to guess that you're going to remember this this coffee purchase. Well, I am, and I'm going to remember. Like, I honestly, like, this am going is that to, purchase for you. It's not just the purchase, right? I'm going to remember Thursday morning, because when I realized that this person was capable of creating this type of coffee and i'm guys i'm not saying like it is the um you know i guess don't get it wrong you gotta understand the bar is so high that if like calling coffee acceptable would be my second highest rating ever (laughs) and it's better than it's better than that